out here and pray over them because it's important that we protect the things that we hold the most precious and there's nothing more precious than the next generation hallelujah Jesus I've been preaching a lot to the youth and to younger kids but today I came to preach to some mature believers are there some mature believers in the house today are there some prayer warriors in the house today yes because I need your help today God is calling us to put a hedge of protection around our children today. So I'm going to need your help. I'm going to preach. I'm going to encourage you. Today we're going to talk about calling down fire. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's all go to the Lord in prayer today. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Anoint my mouth, God, that I'll be a vessel, Lord, that you can use to get your word to your church today, God. Bless every ear that hears it today, God. Open their hearts, God, that they'll accept your word, God, and anoint us today, Lord, to call down fire where we need it today, Lord. And if you believe that, everybody say, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I am going to be paying attention to the time because I know it ain't going to be long now and we're going to start smelling that food. So everybody can be seated. Thank you so much. 
Hallelujah. Calling down fire. Has anybody ever seen the old war movie where there's a a group of soldiers and they get locked down somewhere and they can't get out and they're surrounded by the enemy and they call over the one person in the group who's got a big backpack on that's got a phone on it and they call them over and they give the coordinates to where they're sitting and the, the base sends in airplanes and they drop bombs all along the enemy's camp so that the good people can get out of the situation that they found themselves in. That's what we're expecting in this house today. We're calling down fire in Jesus' name. We're calling down fire on what the enemy planned for this year and we're going to see what God planned for our children this year come true. Hallelujah. And when I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about calling down fire and an airstrike on the enemy, Second Kings, or First Kings, came to mind. The story of Elijah. In First Kings 18, starting in verse 22, Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Has anybody ever felt that way? Sometimes it feels like we're a little outnumbered. We send our kids to school and it feels like they're the only one there who's serving God. But there's 450 prophets of Baal sitting there. That's how it feels a lot in this world today. And that's exactly how Elijah felt in this place in the passage. He told them, there's, four, there's 450 of you and there's one of me. But he says, I got a plan. He says, now bring two bowls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and put it on the wood on the altar but without setting fire to it I will prepare another bull and lay it on the wood of the altar but not set fire to it then call on the name of your God with that little g everybody see that little g call on your little g God let's see what he can do in this situation but I will call on the name of the Lord, the most powerful, the most high, the big G God. I'm calling on him today. Hallelujah. We ain't calling on fire from a little G God today. We're calling it from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The host of heaven's army is on our side today. Hallelujah, Jesus. And the God who answers and sets fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first. He was a gentleman in the situation. You go ahead. You guys go first. For there are many of you. And choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of God. But do not set fire to the wood. Hallelujah, Jesus. So they prepared one of the bulls and they placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal. From morning until noontime, shouting, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Mm -hmm. We better make sure which God we're praying to. Because if you ain't praying to the King of Kings, you're going to get no reply. But we're praying to a God who still answers prayers. We're praying to a God who still hears our cry and runs to take care of us. You know, we've been doing so much good around here, I feel like the enemy's been attacking. 
And he's been getting to us. And I called some of my brothers and they were telling me some of our problems that we've been going through. And I told them, I said, you know what? Sometimes in life we get beat up at school and we just, we put up with it. Because, you know, I could take it. Okay, yeah, that, that hurt a little bit, but I'm okay. But I told them, I said, I think it's time for us to go home and start tattling to dad. Because dad doesn't like it when people pick on us. God doesn't like it when the enemy's picking on your life. And sometimes we don't understand that, but I feel like if we get that message, then that'll stop the enemy's attacks. Because when dad finds out what the enemy's been doing to his child, he's going to step up on our behalf. So let's let God know what the enemy's up to. Let's call him out on what he's doing. And let's watch God come to our defense. So they got no reply. And they danced. They hobbled around the altar they had made. And about noontime, Elijah began to mock them. Elijah reminds me of pastor a little bit. <laughs> he likes to poke a little bit. <laughs> and he starts picking at him a little bit here. He says, hey, you'll have to shout a little louder. I can't hear you a little bit. Maybe he can't, maybe he's not, maybe he's not listening all of a sudden. He, he scoffs and he tells them, for surely he is a little G God. Perhaps he is daydreaming or he's relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or he's asleep. He's telling him, he's, he's probably just busy. Old Baal, he's got something else going on. I love it. I love how Elijah does this. He mocks him a little bit. Sometimes we need to mock the enemy a little bit. Like, I know we don't want to live in hate. We want to live in love. And I want to, but at the same time, sometimes we got to mock a little bit. Like, we didn't come from monkeys, people. Come on. We got to mock a little bit. We, we're made in his image. Hallelujah. Yes. So they shouted louder, and they, following the normal customs, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. Mm. Our babies, I hope our babies stand up for what they believe in these schools. But we better watch out, because when they start mocking, they're going to get louder. They're going to cut themselves. They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to try and hurt our children. This is what Baal does. This is what the enemy is all about. Blood gushed out. And they raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice. But guess what? There was still no sound. Because it doesn't matter how loud you get. It doesn't matter if you cut yourself. It doesn't matter if you're suffering. If you're doing it for the wrong God, you're still not going to get an answer. It's not about how hard you try. It's about who you're talking to. No sound. No reply. No response. Nothing. Emptiness. Because they're not praying to the king of kings. But then Elijah calls. He calls to the people and he says, come over here in verse 30. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. 
We better repair some altars of the Lord in our children's life. We better make sure that they know where to go to when they need to talk to God. That they know where they can go put their sacrifice. We better make sure we rebuild the altars that this world has tore down. I know, I know we, we've changed. We grow. We follow the Spirit. And He leads us. And sometimes we lead away from places that we've been. Like, no longer are we going to hell if we watch TV. But we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hallelujah. There's still some very good old traditions we better keep in play. We better rebuild some of the altar that the enemies tore down. He wants to tear down your altar. He don't want to leave you a remembrance of what God's done in your life. But it's our job as parents to build that altar back up so our kids can see what God's done in our lives. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. I want my children to remember the 12 tribes of Israel. I want them to remember the altars that are built in the name of the Lord. It's important that our children be founded in the word of God. Then he dug a ditch, a trench, all the way around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons of water. Not only did he build an altar, not only did he establish what God had put there that the enemy had tore down, but he built a, a trench all the way around the altar so that nothing can get close to destroy the altar of the Lord again. I want to make sure that there's a trench all the way around what God's placed in my life, that the enemy can't just walk up close, but he has to stand back from what God's established in my life. And he piled wood on the altar. Then he cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. So here we see him sacrifice. We see a representation of repentance. We see him cut away the flesh. We watched him do what we're called to do in the New Testament still today. We see this sign of repentance. But it wasn't enough. He didn't just repent. Then he said... Fill four large jars of water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. Because mm. it's important that we repent. It's, but we better pour some water on top of that too. We need a sign of repentance and baptism in our lives. We need both. And that's why he represents it here in this story. He says, I'm going to build the altar. I'm going to build something in the name of the Lord. But that's not going to do it all on its own. I've got to sacrifice a little bit too. I've got to cut some things out of my life. And I've got to put it on the altar so that the Lord can do something magical. And I also need to put some water on it. I need to go through the water in his name. I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I need to be a part of what his kingdom's doing. I need to put on his name. Hallelujah. So he tells them, go get water and pour it over the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they had finished, he said, now do it a third time. Hallelujah, Jesus. So they did 
what he had said. And the water ran down over the altar and even filled the trench that covered the area. Hallelujah, Jesus. God really enlightened me over this past year that baptism isn't just a one-time thing. Yes, we do it as a sign to the believers. We do it as a sign that they have accepted Christ. But baptism better overflow your altar and run into the trench around you. That water better saturate every point of your life. Because every day you better be dead to the old and alive to the new. I'm done with the old and I'm walking in his name from now on. Baptism is an ongoing thing. It better be a part of our life forever. And that water better cover every area of my life. That's why we fully submerge in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I want to be fully submerged in his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. But he tells him to do it three times to represent the fullness, to represent the completion of it all. So they did what he had said. And at the usual time for offering and evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and he prayed. Oh, everything else is so important. It's so important that we repent. It's so important that we get baptized. It's so important that we call fire into our lives. It's important that we have these things. But what would have happened if he wouldn't have prayed? What would have happened if Elijah would have just been like, okay, cool, I got the bull on there, I got water on it, there's a trench, everything's wet, it's probably impossible to lay on fire, I'm done, I'm going to sit down now, we'll see what God can do. God wants to partner with each and every one of you. He wants the best things in your life, but he wants you to call out for it. He wants you to use the power of your tongue to speak life into your own situation. So we partner with God. We speak what we need to speak. We pray and we seek his face and he answers us every time. Even if it's not the answer we want, every time. And we gotta be faithful to trust that his answer is the best thing for our life. So he goes and he prays. He stops everything and he goes, okay, we've done everything else we need to do, but now I need to pray a little bit. And he says, oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I've done all of this at your command, oh Lord. Answer me. Answer me. Why, why answer me? So these people will know that you truly are God. I'm not, I don't want God to answer me just so I can get what I want in life. I want God to answer my prayers so my brother knows that he's still on the throne, that he's still God. He's king of kings. He makes a way. He hears our cries and he answers our request. Hallelujah. Prove to these people that you know who I am. Wait. Prove to these people and answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Hallelujah. That's what it was all about the whole time. This wasn't so Elijah could just stand here and say, see, I'm a man of God. It wasn't about that. It was about him knowing that even though they're worshiping Baal and they're worshiping a false god, I had to just stand here and watch them cut themselves. I had to just stand here and watch them hurt themselves for a God who's not answering. 
All I want is for you to come to the God who hears your cries, a God who wants you back, a God who wants to answer your problems. Everything we do as a church better be to bring people back. To bring people back. Not to push people away. Not to make people feel uncomfortable. But to bring them back into the fold of God. Hallelujah. If you don't like what's going on in people's life, you need to get them to Jesus. He's what's going to fix them. Hallelujah, Jesus. To bring people back to yourself and immediately as soon as he got it right as soon as he realized this was all about bringing them back immediately fire fell from the Lord and flashed down from the heavens and burned up the young bull and the wood and the stones and the dust hallelujah when we call on the name of the Lord and we call down fire not even dirt can remain we walk away clean no dirt in our life no dust nothing settles because we're following him it even licked up the water in the trench hallelujah because the word of God will not return void Hallelujah. It even licked up the word of God off the ground. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We better be, we better be, we better be drenched in the water of God. We better be drenched in the word of God. Don't worry about the fire can take care of it all, but I need to be covered in the word of God. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out the Lord he is God yes the Lord is God I think it's time for our world to have this experience I think it's time for us as believers to start calling down fire in our lives in our jobs in our schools it's time for the world to declare he is God I've seen it he's God he answers prayers he changes lives he's still God And it took a process. It took a process. He had to confront the enemy. He had to make sure that there was a sacrifice on the altar. He had to rebuild some things. He had to go through the water. And he had to spend some time in prayer. And if we, as a body, as believers, follow this same process, we can call down fire in our lives just like he did. We can watch people around us turn and say, God is real. There is a real God. We can have the same experience as long as we follow through the same process that he's followed through. Hallelujah. And I'm talking to a group of people who have. I'm talking to a group of people who have repented, who've been through the water, who've rebuilt some altars in their life. And today at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to partner with me and we are going to pray and we are going to call down fire so the enemy can see that there is a God who still reigns, who's still on the throne. The Lord is God. Hallelujah. 
Now, I want to show you guys something real quick because this, this is Old Testament. Yeah, we're reading in the book of Kings, but I want to show us how this has come right into the New Testament. So we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. How many times we go to God and we ask, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He didn't hesitate. He didn't think about it because that's his nature. That's who he is. If I don't realize that that's who God is, there's things in my life that I'm going to go, well, God doesn't care about that. God doesn't want to fix that problem. God's okay with me suffering a little bit. But that's not who God is. God is love, and he loves you, and he wants to bless you, and he wants your life to be the best, more, better than you could ever imagine. We better start praying with that expectation of who God is. Because if I'm praying, and I'm not praying to the character of who God is, who am I praying to? I'm praying to the God who loves me. I'm praying to a God who wants my life to be blessed. I'm praying to a God who wants to use my life as an example to show this world that he is still Lord. But the officer says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. And how many times have we felt the same way? Lord, I'm not worthy for you to step into this situation. And how many people do we talk to that feel the same way? We're going to be dealing with people in this world who feel just like that. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not worthy enough to go to church. How many guys, how many, I, I, I can't stand this statement, but how many times have you guys heard someone say, if I walked in church, God would strike me with lightning? <laughs> Good. I heard some laughs. So some people have heard that. I'm not the only one. I hear that a lot. Ah, I can't go to church. God will strike me dead. I have to remind them, hey, he let me in. <laughs> he let me in while I was still a sinner. He let me in while I was still dirty. He let me in when I didn't deserve it, when I wasn't worthy. But he made me worthy because he's worthy. But he tells them, you don't have to come to my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority. Now, I want to point that word out to you real quick. I'm under authority. He says, I understand your kingdom because I understand authority. If you want to understand the kingdom of God better, you better get a good understanding of authority because God works in authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we get baptized. That's why, because we want to be under authority. God said do it. I'm going to do it. Now I'm under authority. Now I can call down fire. He says, I'm under authority of my superior officers. So he said, not, not only am I the boss, but I'm under somebody. I understand what it's like for someone to tell me what to do and I have to do it. I'm under authority to my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. If I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, 
he was amazed. Oh, I want to amaze Jesus, right? How many times has Jesus amazed us? But here we have a situation where they amazed Jesus. And Jesus is amazed. And he turned to those who were following him and he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. There wasn't faith like that in all of Israel. And what was the difference between all of Israel and this one officer? He understood authority. He told them, I understand authority. I understand the fact that you have angels. I understand the fact that you're not alone. You've got an army on your side. And all you got to do is say the word. And I know they have to obey you. But he's not just God over the angels. He's God over everything. He's God over everything. The evil, the bad, the good. He go, he's over everything. The angels have to obey him. The devils have to obey him. The demons, everything has to obey him because of authority. And that should boost your faith in this house today because nothing formed against you can prosper. No enemy's plans have to go. He has the authority over everything. Hallelujah, Jesus. But he didn't just stop there. It doesn't, he, didn't just, he didn't just take all the authority with him. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Let's watch this. Verse 17 through 20. This is where Jesus just sent out his disciples. So he, he sends out his disciples, go do my work. Just like he sends every one of us out. Go love. All of us are commanded to do the same thing. We're his disciples. He sends them out to go minister. And they go out and they do amazing things. But right here in verse 17... They come back, and when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Even the demons obey us when we use your name. That means whatever plans the demons have for your life, it has to stop when you use his name. Because of authority, it has to stop when you use his name. Yes, he told them. And Jesus goes, yes, that's right. You guys are getting it. You guys are understanding authority. He's like, yeah, I get it. He says, you know why? Because I saw Satan fall like lightning. He says, you think these guys are tough. I watched their boss be defeated. I watched their boss, the highest of them. I watched them fall like lightning. I sent him to the earth. I already won. I've already conquered it. These little minions that are bugging our life, all they got to do is get put under authority by the name of Jesus Christ, and they're going to flee because their boss fell a long time ago to the same name. Hallelujah, Jesus. He says, look. He says, now look. You guys are taking out some of these little demons. I knocked the chief out. But look, because I'm going to give you guys something. He says, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy who did he give it to who did who did he give it to you 
He gave it to each and every one of you. Oh, that's so powerful. When I understand the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, yes, I'm going to cry out to my father, but I also understand he gave me authority over him. I can tell these evil spirits, get out of my house. You ain't welcome in my baby's rooms. You ain't welcome in my schools. You ain't welcome in my house. Because of the authority Jesus has given each and every one of us in this room today. Not over some of the power, not just a little bit of the power, over all of the power of the enemy. He tells them, you can walk on snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But he tells them, but don't just rejoice over that. Guys, this life is short. This life is short. We, we got about 90 years if we're lucky. And yeah, the enemy is going to attack us. But we've got the power to chase him out of every situation he sticks his nose in. But that's not what we should really be excited about. Because this life's short. You should be excited because your names are registered in heaven. I get to be with him for an eternity. Hallelujah. The angels know my name. They know your name. When you cry out and God says, go down there and protect my baby, they know your name. They know exactly where to go. Hallelujah, Jesus. We should rejoice that our names are registered in heaven. Nothing else is more important. If the enemy destroys my whole life and I die, I still get to live with him for an eternity. I still get to go to heaven. That's worth rejoicing over. You know, back in the book of Job, Satan came to God and he said, I, wanted, I want to tempt Job. And God tells Satan, go ahead. And Satan comes back and says, I can't because he's built a hedge of protection around him. Now this is Job. This is before Abraham. This is two covenants ago. This is before Abraham. This is before Jesus came to walk the earth. This is before all of that. And Job, by making a lifestyle where he walked with the Lord and he spent time with Jesus and he did sacrifices for his family and he made sure that his family was right with God. Because of those actions, he had built a hedge of protection around his family that God had to move out of the way so the enemy could attack him. I believe in my heart that's why Jesus had a crown of thorns on his head, to represent the hedge of protection that's around him and his church. The same heads that Job put on by believing, by being baptized, by being in his name, we get that same hedge of protection around us. If you guys will come and play some music for us, I feel like the Holy Spirit is about to do something powerful in this house today. The kids are about ready to come forward. We're going to call them up front. We're, gonna, we're going to call down fire over their lives. We are going to use the authority that Jesus Christ has given each and every one of us to put a hedge of protection around our babies before they go into this world. 
because they might be the only one and there might be 450 prophets of Baal, but they ain't crying out to a God who listens. They're not crying out to a God who hears. They're not crying out to a God who will rain down fire and fix every problem that we can come into in our lives. In the book of Acts, we see something different because we're living under this covenant now. We're not under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. And in the book of Acts, we get another scene of people calling down fire. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were together, meeting together in one place. They all came together in one place, just like we're about to do in one second. They're all going to come together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost in this house today, you've already got fire inside you. You've already got fire locked inside your bones. All we got to do is let it go and release it on this world so they can see that he is still God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is still Lord. But we've got to do our part. We as believers got to do some things. We've got to rebuild some of the altar that the enemy has destroyed in our life. Some of the things that were in his name that they've tore down. We've got to make sure it's still standing. We still got to make sure that we're representing the tribes of Israel in our lives. The God who is over Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God that we still serve today. We got to make sure that we cut a sacrifice and we put it on the altar. Not just for me. Not just for my own sake. So this world can be called back to him. So this world can see a display of fire in their own lives. And more importantly, well not more importantly, it's all important. But we also have got to go through some water. And we better saturate our lives in the word of God. Because if I don't get the word of God, then I can't do all this. If I don't understand authority, how's my faith going to be? If I don't understand the fact that I can call angels to protect my babies, then I'm not going to. And my babies are going to be out there with no protection, with no hedge. And this world isn't going to see the fire that they need to see to know that he's still God. So we've got to do this as a church. We've got to pull together. We've got to put God at the center of our lives. And we've got to make sure that this world can see who God still is. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me today. The kids are on their way up. And we're going to bring them right down here in the front. And we're going to pray over their lives today. But let's take a second and let's make sure we've got our altar in order let's let's everybody lift your hands with me in this house today dear lord jesus
Will you open our hearts today in this house, God? Will you allow, Lord, your authority to flow through us, God, as we reach this world, as we try to show them who God really is, Lord? Will you allow it to flow, God? The same prayer that Elijah prayed, God. Let it be our prayer today, God, that you'll see that they'll know that you're still on the throne. You're still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's just feel his presence for a moment in this house. Anybody want to call on the name of Jesus today? Anybody need to just hear that wonderful name sweep through this building today? Yes, Lord. Let your spirit move in this house today, God. Breathe your life into this building today, God. Because your people are calling on you, Lord. And we need you to put a hedge of protection around us, God. We need you to make us what you would have us to be today, Lord. Accept our sacrifice, God. Accept this altar that we built today for you, God. Let us, Lord, reach this world in a mighty way, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If somebody, Brandon, did you go get the kids? All right, they're coming in right now. We're going to bring them right down here in the front. I'm going to bring all the kids, and we want them to gather up here in the front. And where's my youth at in the building? Where's all my youth at? I want my youth to come up behind the kids once the kids get up here. Everybody who's going to school, look at, look at our babies, guys. Look at our babies coming in here. Isn't that worth fighting for? Isn't that worth protecting? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey, guys. Come on in here. Come on up front, guys. Is everybody getting ready for school? You guys are all getting ready to go back to school, aren't you? Yes. We're going we're gonna to bring you guys in. We're going to pray for you today. Yes. Hallelujah. This is the future of Pineview right here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Where's my youth at? Youth, come on up here, guys. If you're going to school this year, we want you down here in the front with us. We love you guys. We're going to pray the best for your life today. We're going to let the Holy Spirit put protection around each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Ah, this is good. Now, we got youth, we've got children. Who's going to college and career? Anybody going to school, I want you to fill in now. Everybody going to school. If you're 40 and you're going back to school, I don't care. Come on, fill in. Fill in. Oh, yeah. All right. Now I'm going to need some help from my pastors. Where are my pastors at in the house? My children's pastor, Pastor Nan, come on up here. Stefan, you're already up here. We're going to bring our pastors forward. And now, more importantly, guys, remember what I said 
all of you have the authority. Prayer elders, I need you guys. I need every spiritual warrior in the house to come up around these kids today. And if you're a parent in this house, you're a spiritual warrior. Every one of us is a spiritual warrior. Who did he give the authority to? Everyone. All of us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, everybody who wants, let's all come up here. Everybody, we all need some protection in our life. We all need a hedge of protection. We all need some fire to fall around us in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is just like I just read in Acts 2. We're all gathered in one place, in one accord, in one mind. Now let's call down fire on our babies tonight. Let's put protection over them. Let's let God put a hedge of protection around our babies. Lord, put your protection around them, God. Set angels over each one of them, God. That when they go to school, God, they'll be protected, God. When they lay in bed at night, they feel your presence around them, God. Every dark yes, Lord, for you are worthy. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus, oh, yeah. Cause there is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn Your name is healing. Your name. 